This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by the Ham Station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's Ham Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Ham Talk Live, episode number 10, Dayton Hamvention Preview, Satnogs, recorded on Tuesday, April 26, 2016. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight on the show, Corey Shields, KB9JHU, will be on the show to talk about the upcoming Tapper Forum at the Dayton Hamvention and his presentation there. On Satnogs. Last week on the show, Don Wilbanks, AE5DW, was back to talk about Amateur Radio Newsline's Bill Pasternak Young Ham of the Year Award. Last year's winner, Anna Veal, W0ANT, called in, and Andy Morrison, K9AWM, played our live contest and almost walked away with a brand new ICOM IC7300. So if you missed that show or any future show, you can listen to the replay. That's on HamTalkLive.com or on Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, TuneIn, or YouTube. Tonight is the start of our Dayton Hamvention preview. And due to some unfortunate circumstances, our original guest had to reschedule. Uh, So tonight, Corey Shields, KB9GHU, is here to talk about his Satnogs presentation, which will take place at the Tapper Forum on Friday morning of Hamvention. In the weeks to come, we'll be joined by the Instructors and Youth Forums moderator, Carol Perry, WB2MGP, then the General Chairman and the Official Spokesperson for Hamvention, and last but not least, the Director of the Dayton Contest University, Tim Duffy, K3LR. And the night before Hamvention, we'll be broadcasting live from Dayton, So if you're in Dayton on Thursday, May 19th, the night before Hamvention, stop by the lobby of Spring Hill Suites in Miamisburg. That's near the Dayton Mall at 417 North Springboro Pike. We'll be interviewing the audience live on the show, giving away prizes, and taking calls from people talking about their favorite part of Hamvention. If you're on the road to Dayton, we would love for you to call in and tell us your favorite part of Hamvention Weekend. Or if you can't make it to Dayton this year, give us a call and tell us your favorite Hamvention story. Keep listening and watch our Facebook and Twitter feed for all the details. Also, we are just about ready to release the details on our HamTalk Live shirts for sale. Watch our Facebook page or Twitter feed for details. And there's a sneak peek of the design up there right now. If you missed the show live last week, uh, you were not alone. The show is being recorded uh, tonight simply as a podcast on Tuesday. Uh, We'll be back to taking your calls live on Thursday night uh, when Carol Perry, WB2MGP, joins us. 
The reason that this show was not live on Thursday night is that my mother, Margie Rapp, WD9HEE, became a silent key earlier that morning. Uh, so I was tending to my dad, Dell, WB9UKG, and mom's funeral arrangements. I appreciate everyone that sent condolences, and hopefully I won't have to miss another show for a long time. I feel like I should take just a moment to talk about mom. She was always supportive of what I did, especially ham radio. While my dad and I both took a ham radio class and became licensed in 1976, my mom couldn't stand not knowing what we were saying in Morse code. So the following year, mom signed up for the class and got her novice license, and we upgraded together as a family, fighting through the struggles of faster code speeds and more complicated theory questions at the same time. Soon mom was on the radio talking to the world and not just eavesdropping on dad and I. She loved the YL International Sideband System on 40 meters and used it to get her worked all states. Many nights she would be on the local repeater with another YL, Fran, WB9RXG, talking about recipes while all the guys were sitting back listening and wondering why they would waste such precious repeater time talking about cooking when they could be talking about things they talk about, gardens, ailments, and the weather. Finally, they picked a simplex frequency and got off the repeater, but secretly, people were turning the dial to listen. Mom always had a friendly voice to those passing through or needing help. Mom even helped track down a bootlegger. ABCDEF was his call. He said it was a new 6 by 0 call sign. Um, his supposed friend in the car, which mysteriously sounded like the same guy throwing his voice, said he tried to get A-A-A-A-A-A, but it was already taken. So he was B-B-B-B-B-B. Well, Mom kept talking to him as some of the club members were driving around doing some direction finding and trying to triangulate the signal. Then there was Ken Cundiff, WB9ZHL, who came all the way to Vincennes just to meet us all, and their whole family became lifelong friends. And when we traveled to take our upgrade uh, test in Louisville, she told Ken where we were along the way as we were driving on two meters, only to discover that he had arranged a surprise state police escort to take us the rest of the way to our hotel. You can imagine our look um, when they pulled us over and said, are you guys the ones that we're supposed to take in? And one night in the early 80s, Chuck at 9ESO, who I would later reunite with when I moved here to Bloomington, uh, in the Bloomington Amateur Radio Club, was traveling from Bloomington to Vincennes to host a meeting of management people in southwest Indiana, and he was chatting with a friend, Woody Parks. And as he got further away from Bloomington and the Bloomington Repeater, he moved to the Vincennes Repeater, and Woody suggested that he give a shout to Mom. Well, before he could even reply, my mom jumped into the QSO. Later that evening, Mom and I went to the Holiday Inn and picked him up and took him to the local ham club meeting that night. Mom's call sign was WD9HEE, but everyone knew her by her phonetics. Happy Easter egg. In the last several years, as her mobility became limited to just 
driving a scooter. Even though she hadn't been on the air in years, she proudly displayed her old ham radio call sign license plate on the back. Please join me for a moment to remember my mom, Margie, the happy Easter egg. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by The Ham Station. For 35 years, The Ham Station has brought new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to the amateur radio community. Give Jeff or Dan a call at 1-800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yaesu, and Kenwood. Shop from a wide selection of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, Mirage and Ameritron amplifiers, Cushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online shopping and fast shipping are waiting for you at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Out of all of the ham radio podcasts in the world, this is definitely one of them. You are listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. And welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Thanks to the support of the Ham Station to help bring Ham Talk Live to you each week. Dan and Jeff are just a phone call away to answer your questions about a new rig or antenna. Call 1-800-729-4373. Be sure to listen to the show every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time right here on HamTalkLive.com. Also, check out our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Just search for HamTalkLive. Corey Shields, KB9GHU, has spent most of his life in and around Terre Haute and Bloomington, Indiana, and has been a ham since 1994. He studied computer science and informatics at Indiana University. Corey is a manager of system administrators for Mozilla, the group behind the Firefox web browser. He has a strong interest in digital communications, particularly packet, as well as weather spotting, emergency communications, and contesting. Corey is with a group called SatNogs that is an open source ground station network for satellites. And he'll be presenting about SatNogs at the Tapper Forum on Friday morning of Hamvention, which starts at 9.15 a.m. in Room 1 of the Forum area. And Corey's part of the program is at about 9.35 a.m. So, Corey, welcome to Ham Talk Live. Thanks, Neil, and uh, hello to you and all of your listeners. Uh, it's good to be here with you. Yeah, I'm glad you could uh, could step in here uh, this evening and, and talk about the, the SatNogs program. So tell us what exactly SatNogs is and how it got started. Sure. Well, you touched on it in the name. The uh, It's a bit of an acronym. Uh, SATNOGS uh, stands for a Satellite Networked Open Ground Station, and uh, there are multiple parts to this project. Uh, at the, the core, uh, the problem that we're looking to solve is that there are more and more satellites up in space today, especially with the, the CubeSat movement, uh, that are uh, downlinking data you know, constantly, day and night, and there, there are not enough people listening for the data uh, down here on Earth. Um, typically, a lot of these satellites, especially they're uh, put up by universities, are, are looking to amateur radio operators, 
to uh, use the equipment that they have and the experience and the knowledge that they have uh, to capture the, the telemetry that comes down from these satellites and then relay that telemetry back to the, the satellite operators. Um, and there are a good number of amateur radio operators who, who do this today um, and uh, are, are very successful at it. Uh, what we're looking to do is, is get ahead of the, uh, uh, I guess what you could call the space race in CubeSats uh, with the, the ever-growing uh, number of, of CubeSats being launched uh, every month and make sure that there is enough capacity of ground stations that are here on Earth listening for, for all of that data. Um, the way that we want to do this is uh, making this collection of data as, as automated and, and autonomous as possible. Um, that way we can be collecting data from any location, anytime, day or night, uh, without having to have an operator there you know, specific, specifically stating the frequency or the Doppler shift or, or tuning knobs like uh, most people have to do today. Uh, so to make that happen, we uh, have some software, uh, both for uh, a ground station that, that would run at uh, an operator's house and for the network that runs out uh, in the Internet. And the two can talk to each other, and uh, the network can send commands to the ground station saying, hey, you know, there's a satellite that we are interested in, and it's going to pass by you Uh Here's the telemetry data for the satellite. Here's the frequency that I want you to watch, and here's the the time range. Um, and then the ground station knows to put that in its its list of tasks to do. And when that satellite passes by, it's going to uh, track that satellite, um, track its azimuth elevation, and perform all of the do- the Doppler shifting and receive the frequency. Um, and then it will take that data and pass it back up to the network. Uh, where it is freely available for uh, all researchers uh, to have. The uh, the other component to this project is the ground station itself. Um, there are very few options for uh, azimuth elevation uh, rotator systems out there, and uh, while they're very good, they're also very expensive. Uh, so we're looking to, uh, to get uh, people into setting up a ground station at a lower price point, um, we have uh, homebrew antenna designs uh, out there on our, our website that uh, people can make for uh, fairly low cost. Uh, anything from you know, cross yagis, helical antennas, um, and the likes. Uh, we also have uh, what's I, I think most interesting to many people is is the ground station rotator itself, uh, which is mostly 3D printed parts uh, like your gears and your uh, the parts to actually hold everything together inside the case and everything fits inside a, a frame of, uh, of metal um, using some, some pretty standard equipment. Uh, these 3D printed parts then make an azimuth elevation uh, tracking rotator that uh, we can use to, uh, to track these satellites. Uh, the price point of this, uh, if you have access to a 3D printer, comes down substantially uh, compared to a commercial option, um, albeit uh, maybe not as strong uh, in terms of, of wind loading. I, um, we've, we've tested it. It's pretty, pretty strong in terms of uh, what, what kind of weight it can, it can hold up against. Uh, uh, but you're talking plastic versus metal gears. Uh, there, there is going to be a, a shorter breaking point there. But that's pretty cool that you can just 
print your own rotator. That's yeah, it uh, it really is. Uh, it's it's every ham's excuse to go buy a three D printer. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. As if we need an excuse, uh, yeah, another <laughs> excuse to to go buy a three D printer. So. So that, that's uh, that's pretty cool. And so you gather all this data, and the more ground stations you have that can link into this, then the more continuous the the reception of all of this data is going to be. Absolutely, the the be- the more coverage we can get. Um, I mean, there there's some uh, some great hams that are out there collecting satellite data um, constantly as much as they can on their their free time. Uh, and, and these guys are doing a great job, and we're just looking to take that to the next step and make it uh, fully automated, so that you know when when they go off to their day job, their their stations can still be uh, collecting data and sending that back up to the network. Uh, so we want to make this a, a fully autonomous uh, process. Well, that sounds sounds really great. So, how exactly did this this get started? I, I saw some of the history of this, and uh, sure, amazing. yeah. <laughs> this is uh, mostly kicked off by the uh, hackerspace group out in Athens, Greece. And in fact, that uh, comprises most of the, the core team uh, to this date. They were looking to, you know, to solve this problem of uh, not enough data being collected from all these CubeSats that are going up. Um, and in process of, of starting this, this project, uh, they also entered into a couple of competitions. I think there was an ESA um, competition and and they were finalists uh, for uh, People's Choice Award there, um, and then recently, just uh, a couple of years ago, the uh, uh, the website Hackaday uh, has their annual contest, and uh, the Satnogs project won the Hackaday Prize um, as uh, one of the coolest projects of the year. Uh, so that uh, has definitely helped out in in popularity and helped spread the word and, and get some more people involved. And since it is an open source project, it really is a community, and we are looking for uh, for people to get involved, not just from a ground station standpoint, but uh, to help the entire system uh, come along and, and grow. Oh, that's great. So that's a little bit about the the program. Now, um, this is our Dayton Hamvention preview. Uh, time and so we want to kind of tie this into what's going on at Hamvention. So you're going to be talking more about this, and we're not going to give everything away because we want to save some things for for people who are going to the uh, the Tapper Forum, the Tucson Amateur Packet Radio Group. Uh, but what's happening at the Tapper Forum this year at Hamvention? Yeah, great, uh, and, and yes. Uh, Thursday morning, uh, we'll be there. The I'm sorry, Friday morning, we'll be there in the Tapper Forum, and and uh, please do come, not just for my presentation, but the the entire forum. Um, there's there's a great lineup. Uh, right now, this year, there's uh, there's a lot going on in the the digital space uh, with amateur radio. Um, just scratching the surface, uh, you mentioned SDR for one. Um, there are a couple of uh, presentations about that, and, and Satnogs itself uh, makes heavy use of SDR. Uh, the entire radio component in a ground station uh, can be as simple as a $30 uh, software-defined radio stick. Um, so with, uh, with that kind of a jump in technology where you can you know, build a ground station or, or build some kind of receiver or even you know, people doing home uh, uh, aircraft receiver, you know, aircraft telemetry receivers, 
with components that are as cheap as a $25 radio and a $35 computer in a Raspberry Pi um, is is quite a, a feat, and and there's a lot to be uh, a lot to be learned in terms of you know, crossing over amateur radio with with these these technologies, and and that's a lot of what uh, what you'll hear in in Tapper. Um, there's uh, there's also some uh, high speed digital uh, a forum going on as well as some um, Hamwan. Uh, people also know it as uh, you know, broadband Hamnets uh, taking uh, 802.11 devices and and using them uh, for amateur radio purposes um, and coming up with long distances there. Uh, So you'll find that uh, in in the Tapper forum. Uh, The digital space now in ham radio, I I think personally this is is what excites me uh, in in amateur radio. It spans all frequencies. You you go down to to HF and, and you've got things like PSK31 and and free DV all the way up to you know, the microwave frequencies and, and some of these satellites that are downlinking. It's an exciting time. Well, there's there's just all kinds of uh, innovations taking place, and uh, it's hard to keep up with them all. I, you know, you, you, I get on on the air and I hear these new things. And I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound like <laughs> what I usually hear. And it's like, oh, it's a new mode. Um, yeah. And even those modes are, are, are ever evolving and changing. It's it's not just uh, what mode is it anymore. It's what baud rate of the mode am I hearing, and and uh, it's kind of, it really is hard to to tell sometimes. Yeah, I used to be really good at just li- listening, and I could tell you which one it was, and it, it just doesn't work that way anymore. So, um, tell us exactly, you know, if somebody does come to the Tapper Forum. Uh, without giving everything away, what do, what are you going to be? What are the topics that you're going to cover um, in your part of that forum with the Satnogs? Sure, definitely, and 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 please do come to the forum. I, I know that uh, <laughs> Friday morning is is a very tough time to compete against the flea market, um, but uh, I I promise you we uh, will have something to to keep you awake that time of morning. Um, we're going to definitely go through the entire project. Uh, the, uh, the different aspects of the project, both in the ground station and in the network components uh, and the problems that we're trying to solve, um, as well as show off a couple of, of what uh, uh, demonstrations of what the network looks like, uh, what some of the, the telemetry that we collect uh, looks like, and, and how people can interact with the, the network. Um, and in addition, I mean, we... The, the forum isn't quite the, the place to demonstrate a, uh, a ground station fully operational itself, but we will have uh, a 3D-printed ground station uh, on the floor uh, demonstrated in the North Hall inside the, the Hera Arena uh, as well. Oh, that sounds great, and uh, hopefully people can, uh, can make it to the uh, Tapper Forum to check all of that out. So it's time to take our final break, but we'll be back with more with Corey Shields, KB9JHU, right after this message from Tower Electronics. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's dime store since 1978, bringing connectors, antennas, cables, and other parts to the world. Scott and Jill travel the country bringing their store to you at HamFest. But you can also order online at pl-259.com or by calling 920-435-2973. 
Stock up on those supplies like PL259 and end connectors, audio cables, mobile antennas, and hamsticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even in use on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics is a dealer for MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro Technologies. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Ham Talk Live with Neil Rap. We'd like to thank Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show. Don't miss Scott and Jill at the Calhoun, Georgia Ham Fest this weekend, or visit their website at pl-259.com. And some other upcoming shows include Cedarburg, Wisconsin, Sandwich, Illinois, and Dayton, Ohio. Corey Shields, KB9JHU, is joining us during our Dayton Hamvention preview. Corey will be one of the presenters at the Tapper Forum at Hamvention. And since we're just recording this episode, um, since we're doing this late, we won't be taking any calls this evening. But if you do have a question, feel free to go to the uh, Tapper Forum at Dayton, or uh, you can check out their website, that's satnogs.org. So, um, Corey, how does someone get started um, being a ground station if somebody wants to do this? Uh, great. Uh, good question. The uh, the answer is there are many ways. Uh, the nice thing about the, the design is that from the, the very beginning, it was designed to be very uh, modular in that uh, there's no set defined uh, way that a ground station should be set up. And the ground station that is designed and, and 3D printed uh, is using uh, standard libraries. Uh, so in Linux, it's using Hamlib, which can talk to uh, any uh, kind of rotor or, or any kind of radio that's, uh, that has PC control. Um, so with that in mind, if somebody had uh, an existing you know, Azel rotor set up with uh, uh, their own uh, system at home um, and had no need to, let's say, 3D print a rotator, uh, we could make use of that and the, the client could be installed and, and interface with the antennas that are um, up on the tower today. Um, or if, if you're starting from nothing and, and you have access to a 3D printer, uh, then uh, you could start printing out your own rotator or, or uh, look for a local hackerspace and see if they could help you with such a project. Um, we are often asked about uh, kits. I know I did uh, Dayton last year and, and at the uh, Maker Fair uh, this, this past uh, year, the, the kits were a really big thing and, and everyone wanted to, to build one from a kit. Um, it's, uh, we don't have any kits right now. Um, it's definitely something that, that may be in the future, uh, but right now we're, we're still working on, on getting the, the design really well honed. Uh, it's in its third iteration, and, and uh, we, we feel pretty good about this one. Um, so getting a ground station and getting started with the ground station, um, if you have gear, uh, we could uh, get a client installed. And uh, the latest version of our client that just uh, was released last week uh, supports uh, hardware radios even. Um, so uh, I tested it uh, against my Kenwood TS2000 um, with uh, uh, a fixed antenna outside as well. Um, or if you 
like I said, if you want to, to make your own antennas, you want to make your own rotator, um, you're free to do that as well. And we have designs uh, linked from our website at uh, satnogs.org. Okay. And yeah, tell us a little bit about what people will find uh, at the website and about that, how they can sure. find those resources. Yeah, definitely. Um, the uh, We have multiple ways to get in touch uh, with us and, and to reach out Uh uh, like I said, the, the project itself is all open source, and right now uh, github.com is is a uh, very popular place for uh, as a code repository. So all of our code is available on, on GitHub, and that's uh, linked to from our, our website as well. Um, so in terms of code for the client or even uh, code to, to build the, the rotator, it's, it's all there. Um, we do have uh, documentation that uh, that we maintain as as the core project, uh, both for uh, building the rotator on the hardware side and for setting up the client on the software side, um, and those are are linked to from the the website too. Um, we also have a wiki that just started up. Um, like like I said, there's no one set way in which we want to dictate how a ground station has to be set up. Uh, so we are, are looking to the community to uh, to contribute their tips and their their tricks and various tweaks uh, that they've made to uh, to their stations. Um, and then we have a, a community link, and what this is is this is a, a, a web forum uh, like you commonly find on uh, in many communities uh, where we have various categories in in the web forum. Um, uh, one devoted to hardware, and then the software. And uh, a web forum specifically for some some observation conversations. So if uh, uh, there we find an observation that is is of interest and, and want to discuss it, we can do that there as well. Great. So that website is satnogs.org. That's s a t n o g s dot org. Um, satnogs.org. And uh, be sure to stop by there. And there's some uh, some pretty cool pictures too of some of these. Uh, antennas and uh, some of the the ground stations that are out there. Yeah, and we've got uh, again, and that's another category that we have on the uh, the community forum site is, is specifically for a, a picture gallery. Um, and you know, personally, one of the neatest things I, I think about uh, about this project is is when you see you know a, a random picture of, of of a ground station that uh, a group is building. Uh, you know, overseas somewhere in some country, you didn't even know somebody was was attempting this in. And uh, I think by now we're we're hitting most of the continents uh, with uh, ground stations that are being built. Okay, so let's say somebody doesn't have the the access to the 3D printer, doesn't have the the azimuth and uh, elevation rotator. Um, how does somebody get involved with this without really being a ground station? Great. Uh, we need we need lots of help outside of, of ground stations. Uh, they, uh, given that this is an open source project, and we are looking for code contributions uh, from uh, people who have you know, programming skills, so we're definitely looking for uh, programmers. Uh, the code on both the network side and the client side is is all written in Python. Um, so if uh, if you're good with Python and and you don't have the resources for a ground station, uh, but still want to get involved, uh, we can definitely use use your help there. Um, and going back to the software defined radio aspect, uh, we want to uh, push the limits of software defined radio in these these ground stations with the newer modes that are going up in uh, in satellites today. 
there are they are downlinking and faster uh, baud rates and newer experimental modes that require a lot of uh, tweaks on the the reception side to to be able to demodulate and then decode these signals. Um, so we're getting into a, a software package called GNU Radio, uh, which then defines how that radio looks like in in software. Um, so people who are good with uh, radio, good with RF, good with GNU Radio, uh, we're definitely looking uh, for help there. Um, anybody who wants to, to just get involved and, and help with uh, keeping satellite data up to date, uh, that's another big uh, need that we have. Uh, we've got a database that, that we've started uh, that is one aspect of the project, but it's not uh, completely tied to the project. It's is just a, a general satellite database at uh, db.satnogs.org. Um, and then there's a, a programming hook into this where other people can make use of this data uh, outside of Satnogs as well. Um, CubeSats are going up all of the time. We just had three new CubeSats launch yesterday uh, on amateur radio frequencies. And so keeping the, the data up to date, keeping those frequencies uh, up to date, and any changes in, uh, in the status of those, those satellites uh, is definitely a, a big community effort as well. Um, and the nice thing about, the, about this whole network is that uh, people, um, you know, once, once you get involved, you can uh, send commands to the, the network. You can uh, specify a satellite and a, a time of, of day that you want to watch the satellite and look for, for observations. And then you can actually collect the data from other people's ground stations. Um, so you don't necessarily have to have a ground station uh, of your own. Um, but uh, we're looking for contributors all across the board. So hop on our forums, uh, check out the websites. We also have uh, a chat channel on, on IRC, on Freenode. It's uh, Pound Satnogs. Um, we will love to hear from you in any way possible. All right. Well, that sounds uh, like a major undertaking, so I'm sure you can, uh, can use some help. And this is probably a never-ending quest here. Um, but what is the the status of things just right now? Uh, <laughs> it, w- yeah, it does seem like a never-ending quest uh, because ultimately you, you would love to see you know, hundreds of ground stations uh, across the world and, and a, uh, a network that is sending commands and keeping them busy day and night. Um, right now, the, it's still in heavy development phase. Uh, there is... Uh, there are a few ground stations that we have uh, across the, the globe that are, are fully functional today um, and uh, even more that are in development and that are in, in testing on our, our dev site. So we have a couple of instances of, of the, the network software, one that we have for, for true production and one we have for testing and development. Um, so we've got a lot more of uh, the ground stations that are still in that that kind of sandbox mode as, as we're testing things out. Um, so what's, uh, what we're working on right now is, is fixing that software-defined radio piece uh, in GNU Radio so that we can uh, have better autonomy of collecting the data, not only demodulating it, but then taking that next step and actually decoding the data. Uh, so let's say it's a Morse code stream and it's uh, sending telemetry. We've, we've got a lot of observations collected from satellites that uh, are just downlinking Morse code. And somebody can go on our website and actually listen to uh, those streams and, and decode by hand. Um, but we'd like to go the next step and actually 
have uh, a software that then decodes it, uh, um, which is a little bit tricky given uh, Doppler shift and and uh, not having a perfect Doppler shift every millisecond. Um, so taking that a step further, uh, we also have plans of, of doing the same kind of thing for other data modes. Um, uh, AFSK is a very popular uh, mode for satellites, uh, 1200 baud. Uh, that's going to be the next one to, to hit on. And then getting into the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the experimental modes and, and the, the faster baud rates. So as it is today, we do have some, some ground stations uh, with more coming up uh, here in the near future uh, that can automatically capture observations from satellites. Um, so that pool of, of resources is only going to grow over time, and the capabilities of, of what we can automatically demodulate and then automatically decode is, is growing as well. Uh, we have new code getting put into this project uh, every week. And uh, I'm, I'm seeing commits, you know, uh, every week uh, getting caught up with, with the changes that are going into this. Um, I know there are a lot of projects out there kind of like this, uh, and there have been in the past. Uh, I, I think one, one thing that really uh, helps this, this project that I've seen is, is that there is a lot of community uh, momentum behind the project. So uh, there are a lot of good things to come. That's great. I'm, I'm glad you, you were able to, to come on to the show and uh, and tell us all about this technology. And again, Corey's presenting at the Tapper Forum. That's on Friday morning of Hamvention in Forum Room 1. The forum starts at 9.15 a.m. And Corey's first up, I believe, after the, the introduction. So about 9.30, 9.35 a.m. Uh, will be the Satnog's presentation and then the demonstration will be in the north hall in space 212 so if you can't get by the forum at least go by and check out the demo and you said you'll have the 3d printed rotator on display is that right yes we'll have it on display uh, and depending on the the booth layout you know we are limited by space uh, we should have it uh, moving as well now um you know, we would love to have it Receiving signals as well, but uh, you know the the Hera arena might uh, not be so uh, so forgiving in, in letting signals through the sig- uh, the ceiling there. So uh, we'll we'll definitely try, but uh, no promises in indoors there. Okay, so again, that's the North Hall Space Two Twelve, and uh, Corey, thanks so much for joining us on the show tonight. And Thank you very much. Good luck with your presentation. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll see you then. Yeah, that's Corey Shields, KB9JHU, and that's a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. I'd like to thank Corey and all the listeners out there in cyberspace and invite you all back next Thursday night, or actually it's this Thursday night this time, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Carol Perry, WB2MGP, will be here to talk about the Instructors Forum and the Youth Forum to be held at this year's Dayton Hamvention. And um, if you haven't seen the, the Twitter post, uh, you have a chance to win a big radio just for attending that forum. So we'll be talking about that on Thursday night, live with Carol Perry. So for a list of all of our upcoming guests, be sure to visit hamtalklive.com. So for now, with Corey Shields, KB9JHU, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.